Good morning, Gator Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. Another loaded show coming your way today, including four new commitments for the Gators since our last show, a bunch more new staff hires, and most importantly, our National Signing Day preview. I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at All Kinds Weather and In All Kinds of Weather on Facebook and on YouTube. I'm also joined by Dustin Smith, who you can follow at I-A-K-O-W Dustin, and he helps run the recruiting handle at I-A-K-O-W Recruiting. He's getting his mic set up now, so that's actually a perfect opportunity to tell y'all about our sponsors slash partners before we get in to the Gators part of this pod that will take up about 99% of the time. Um, as usual, we're proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. For those who are new listeners, the Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses those funds to bring someone to his or her first ever Florida Gator football game. We will pay for flights, for rental cars if necessary, uh, hotels, game tickets, gear, and we'll just generally make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime because we believe that everybody should get to experience that at least once in their lifetime. And some people may not be as fortuitously situated as others to be able to make that happen for themselves. So Gator Good Foundation makes that happen for them. We are looking for someone to send to the Swamp in 2022. We have not yet picked a game. We are doing that right now amongst ourselves. But in the meantime, if you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor, please reach out to us at GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. We are also looking for donations, as always. To donate to our cause, please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com, and click on the donate button. And while you're on the website, feel free to also look around and see some of the campaigns we've done in previous years. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. One, it's a veteran-owned business. Can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving them business. And number two, it is run by a Florida Gator. So Yes, they do great work, but they do great work, and they're owned by a Florida Gator who happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. With that said, Dustin's on. So, Dustin, a lot to get to today. This is our National Signing Day preview, but let's start by looking big picture, and then we'll zoom in on the current state of recruiting. Dustin, it is the very end of January 2022. Billy Napier has been on the job for about two months. So too early to know anything really definitively, but we're going to sort of place our opinions now into time capsules. And then later on down the road, we'll dig them up and see how they aged. From what you know right now, on a scale from 1 to 100, 1 being 
you think he's Will Muschamp and another failure, which is not going to happen, but that's one on the scale. And 100 being you think he's the second incarnation of Nick Saban. How optimistic are you about the future for the Gators with Billy Napier? You know, I would have to go with probably an 85 or 90. I, I think that Billy Napier is instilling the right foundation. He's instilling the right culture. He's creating the army. He's building the army. Um, he's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. He's, from, from everything I can tell, and, and we're going to discuss this at nauseum um, during this podcast, he's instilling a recruiting culture and a recruiting infrastructure that is unprecedented for the University of Florida. It's something we haven't seen since the likes of Urban Meyer in the mid 2000s and you know I, I say that with a grain of salt because now with nil and and other complexities with the transfer portal as well as um so many other things that we could spend entirely other podcasts discussing the recruiting environment and and atmosphere is completely different now than it was back in uh 2007 so i digress um the big thing that that, that remains to be seen is what can Billy Napier do with the roster that he has? What can he do on the field? Can are we going to be able to? Is he going to be able to out scheme teams that he's that he's similar in talent to? I have no question that he's going to be able to beat um, the majority of the SEC. But when but when push comes to shove, what matters the most? I mean, you got to win every game. Um, talk to Mullen about that. But what matters most is you have to beat Georgia. You have to beat Alabama. And at best, Florida is going to be equal in talent to those schools. At best. Can Florida out-scheme Georgia? That's not too hard to do when you're equal in talent. But can Florida out-scheme Alabama and Nick Saban? That's the measuring stick that you provided. And that's the measuring stick that I want to see before I really go out on a limb and give Napier um, anything beyond a, uh, a 90. But let me just say this. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a service online that ranks the coaching hires, and Florida is sitting by itself on the top with an A-plus army that it's built. And that, for one, is incredibly exciting to me. Yeah, I think that was Brandon Marcello of 247 Sports that did that. Um, he gave Florida an A-plus grade for the hire. Um, yeah, I don't think it's possible in any two-month span after a coach gets hired for me to go any higher than, like, 75 just because, I mean, he hasn't even coached a spring yet. But with that said, he's probably at a 76 or 77 for me because – Early returns are absolutely fantastic. Again, he has not even coached a spring yet. There is so, so, so much still out there that we don't know about him, about how he runs a program. But two months in, we know how he runs some components of his program. And two months in, I could not possibly be happier with the job he's done. I mean, let's start with the players. The players I was friendly with would talk about under Mullen, how awful the food was down there in Gainesville. And then when the cameras are rolling, they'd bring out like five-star catered meals and everyone would 
you know, watch the players on Instagram live and say, Oh my God, look at this fancy event. Food looks great. And then the next night, you know, the cameras would be out of the room. They wouldn't be recording anything. There wouldn't be, you know, like a, a Gator rewind or whatever they call like their, their in week segments of, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff, the cameras would be gone and the food would be garbage. Now the food is always fantastic. Now the guys are, are going out of their way to share pictures of it on Instagram stories on Twitter even. Um, so he walked in to the university of Florida, took a look around like, no food's awful. Boom. Fix that. The, the housing situation there were, I mean, there, you, you always have to say this um, with a lot of care because of the, you know, the way the world is right now, but I'll just quote the players and I'll just say what they said. They compared their living situation to section eight housing. That that's their words. They made that comparison, not me. They drew that comparison. Now their living situation is a thousand times better. Napier comes in, takes one look at their dorms, snap of the finger, boom, fix that. Uh, Napier takes one look at the staff Dan Mullen had, shake of the head. Uh Uh-uh. Nope, not going to happen. Boom, that's fixed. $12.5 million allocated to his staff for what's currently a 50-person army, if we're including Napier himself in it. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, But yeah, fix that very quickly. Napier looks around the state of recruiting, says, nope. Not good enough. Snap of the finger. Boom. Florida flips Kamari Wilson from Georgia. Flips Devin Moore from Notre Dame. Takes Trevor Etienne away from hometown LSU and his big brother's stomping ground of Clemson. And as I'll talk about in a little bit, he's got the Gators in play to land several more top-rated recruits as the cycle winds down. So two months in, he's done as phenomenal a job as he could possibly do. And we'll put a pin in that and revisit at a later date. I'm not going to say he's going to win a title or win next number of games by season Y, but so far, about, yeah, about, about eight weeks in, he's done everything realistically he could be expected to do. So, as I mentioned a moment ago, a bunch more hires to talk about on that Billy Napier army. As y'all may remember, we have a segment that we call Vine Talk starting about two or three shows ago where, as y'all remember the app Vine, the video app, there'd be six second videos uh, for you to make your point, for you to make your joke, whatever, come away with um, whatever laughs you could draw out of six seconds of video. So we extend that to 10 seconds uh, because there's no video, it's just audio. Gotta listen to our lovely voices instead of getting visual aid for them. And in 10 seconds or less, we're gonna run through the list of staffers that the University of Florida has added. Aside from the position coaches, we're going to hold off on Mike Peterson. We're going to hold off on Rob Sale. We're going to hold off on Jay Bateman. We're going to hold off on Sean Spencer. We're going to hold off on Chris Couch. Those guys are going to require a lot more than 10 seconds. We will go into their credentials on another show in the very near future. But anyway, starting with CJ Wilford, the quality control higher on the defense. Dustin, 10 seconds. What do you think of him? I think he's got a good pedigree. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be um, a helpful addition. And it looks like Napier really trusts the guy. And um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, well, Napier should trust him because he spent three years with him at Louisiana um, in the role of defensive backs, quality control assistant. Um, 
He was not the DB's coach there, as we all know, but he did play a role in the Raging Cajuns, ranking third with 16 interceptions in 2020. That's pretty good. He's about as good a hire as you can have for a quality control role. I love it. Next up, we have Braxton Morris, another quality control hire on the defensive side of the ball. Dustin, what do you think? Excellent. I mean, coming from Louisiana, spent two years there and really helped aid uh, the the back end in in terms of the the analysis standpoint for preparing that defense to be um, the second best in uh, pass efficiency. Yeah, so his credentials are actually very very similar to those of the guy we just talked about, C.J. Wilford. Only difference is he was only there at Louisiana for two years instead of three, but had a very similar role to the one Wilford had. So copy and paste the synopsis of him. Uh, in for Morris, so those are two pretty good hires, I think, to help shore up the back end of the defense. Next up, we have Bird Sherrill, director of college personnel. He's definitely he definitely has experience with uh, with leading organization. I know that he had some experience with scouting college players on at the pro level, and I, and that'll definitely translate as he looks um, across the college football landscape to bring in. Uh, the best players in the country via the transfer portal. Yeah, he spent, I believe, four years with the Lions uh, from 18 to 21. It's a very, very similar skill set. Um, you're just you're just scouting players from other colleges to bring them to your college as opposed to scouting them for your pro team. But, yeah, definitely a very worthwhile hire there. Next up, we have Tony Hill, the Associate Director of Sports Health for Football. Sounds pretty important, and it it is. Dustin, what do you think? Again, like many of these hires, he's a guy that Napier trusts, and you really have to have that at this position. This guy is, is uh, you know, it's a fancy name for basically the head doctor for the team, and he's somebody that's going to play a major role in rehabilitating uh, injured players. Um, as much as we hate that word, and, and uh, as football fans, we it's part of the game, and, and this guy is uh, one of the best in the country. He's, I mean, his, his pedigree speaks for itself. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, he was with Louisiana for one year. Before that, he was at Colorado State for four years as the head athletic trainer for the Rams. Before that, he was at Fresno State for almost a decade. He's actually coming back home to Florida. He was an athletic training intern working with football and men's tennis at Florida from 2003 to 2004. So welcome back home, Tony Hill. Next up, we have a returning member of the staff in Vernell Brown Jr., Senior Director of Player Development and Alumni Relations. Dustin, I'll give you 20 seconds for this one. What do you think of him coming back in an official capacity? Yeah, Vernell Brown is, he's a guy that has really made waves at the University of Florida during his previous tenure under previous coaches. And I'm so ecstatic that he's being brought back as he continues relationships and as he continues to be a force on top of that. And I know you'll get into this. Um, he's an alumni. He, he, he played football for the, for the Gators um, back in the early 2000s. And he's going to continue to cement his legacy as a Gator in this new position. Yeah, you, you were too quick. Um, I was trying to find the soundbite 
um, before you were finished talking, but I'm just going to have to delay it for just one minute. I can tell uh, Neil is just sitting there like Jimmy Neutron with his brain blast happening. Oh, I, I, I know where it is. I just have to pull it up. I know exactly what I'm looking for. Here it is. <clears throat> all right. This is all I have to say about Vernell Brown. One of my favorite plays in a season that did not lead to a championship for the Florida Gators, his pick six against Iowa in the Outback Bowl. The fact that he is also, he just also happens to be really, really good at a player development role is just a huge bonus. But he's the kind of guy like Kiwan Ratliff. I wish we would have kept him, but so similar in the sense that if there's something, anything at all that he can do, we have to find a way for him to be able to do it. So the senior director of player development and alumni relations is actually a bit of a promotion for him. Could not be happier for him. Burnell Brown Jr., we love having you in Gainesville. Here's to a very, very long continued career here at UF. So we're not going to talk about the position coaches again. We're going to save that for another episode because they require more than just 10 to 20 seconds about them. Uh, Next up in the army of Billy Napier, we've got David Decker, the graduate assistant for wide receivers. Dustin, what you think? So David, David's going to be a graduate assistant and he's going to be instrumental on the, like I said before, on the back end and, in uh, game prep, um, I would imagine that his responsibility would be watching film on opponent defenses and in helping uh, pave the way for a game plan. He'll also be involved in uh, in the day to day during during um, practice, and I think he's going to have an impact. I mean, he's he uh, he recently played for uh, Louisiana. He has a, a strong relationship with with Napier. And I think he's going to continue that in his role as a grad assistant. And he he may very well be an up-and-coming assistant coach in the coming years. So glad to have him. Yeah, he actually played at Louisiana just before Napier got there. Um, he went to be a student assistant at LSU in 2018. Sorry about that uh, that that game in the swamp there, David. Uh, I know that didn't end too well for you. But the rest of that year went pretty well. Then he went back to Louisiana um in 2019 spent the next three years there now he is following napier to florida i imagine he'll, his role will be pretty much exactly what dustin said it will be definitely a good pickup for napier to add him um, and keep some continuity there next alex watkins the assistant strength and conditioning coach so alex comes over from mississippi state and he's really good at what he does from everything that I've seen uh, some of the the players that he's helped develop um, he's uh, he's been pretty good but something I want to I want to hit on very quickly because this is vine talk he played defensive line for Alabama between 2007 and 2011 and this was the beginning of the Nick Saban era at Alabama so he's very well aware of what type of strength and conditioning culture is necessary to win championships. And that's what excites me the most. Yeah, definitely worthwhile investment to grab someone 
um, who is in, I guess, an OG Nick Sabanite at Alabama. Um, yep, two national championship rings, as you mentioned. Signed as a UDFA with the Titans in 2012. That didn't really pan out. Went to the CFL briefly uh, before turning to coaching. Went to Texas Southern, then to UAB, and then, as Dustin mentioned, to Mississippi State. Definitely going to help out the Gators strength and conditioning program under Mark Hockey. Speaking of, we got we got the strength guys in place, Dustin. How about a speed guy named Tiger Jones, the director of speed improvement and skill development? What a juicy title that is. What do you think? Hey, Neil, I'm going to be short and sweet with this one. That title says everything I need to know about this guy. Director of speed improvement and skill development. That shows you exactly what is important to Napier in building this army to win championships at the University of Florida. I mean, to a degree, you can't teach speed. You got to go recruit it. But you can like sharpen guys around the edges. You can work with players on their change of direction and, and, you know, work on improving their cone drill times and stuff like that. So he's definitely going to help with that. And I imagine he's going to play a big role in working with the guys who come in, who are recruited simply for their speed. I cannot wait to see how that one pans out. Um, After him, we've got Paul Silvestri, the director of sports health. So Paul is like we mentioned with, uh, with, with the previous hire in, in terms of the, uh, the health and, the, and the, um, the athletic training side of football, uh, Paul is a, is a big-time help in, in terms of the organization of, of all the athletic trainers, the organization of all that side, uh, making sure that the players are not only healthy, um, he will also work with the nutrition staff and, in uh, making sure that the food is going to not only um, help the development in terms of um, weight and, and uh, muscle mass, uh, but he's also going to make sure that, uh, you know, like I mentioned prior, injuries and such, he's going to be a, a major part of that. So he was major actually of, on Florida staff since 2013. He's just getting a promotion now. He's being promoted he's a holdover director for sure. of, of sports health. Um, he had a lot to do with how Florida actually navigated through COVID-19 According to Florida's press release on him, I think it was a little bit. Um, I think I think his role was a little bit more hidden than I think most of these other roles that we're announcing, at least in terms of where they were at the previous schools. But clearly, he's someone who has had a lot to do with the Gators uh, from a health standpoint in the last decade almost. So, not a bad idea to retain him. And, and give him a promotion at that. So next up, Kareem Reed, quality control on the defensive line. Dustin, what do you think? All I got to say is we finally won one against Central Florida. For all that's been made of that that stupid loss with the old staff, this guy joins the new staff, and uh, he's um, come over from the dark side. Well, I think Florida's going to win a lot more games against Central Florida when we start playing them uh, when, when it actually matters, not some yes. garbage bowl game. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he comes over from Central Florida, like you mentioned. He's got the Florida ties. He has actually been a high school head coach before, um, before being on UCF staff. I I like the hire. I, I like anytime we can pull someone away from Central Florida. I think the more the more brains you have working along that defensive line and and offensive line, really for that matter, the better. So by all means, 
Um, next we have Cheston Blackshear, quality control on the trenches on the other side of the ball, on the offensive line. What do you think, Dustin? So he spent the last four seasons from 2018 to 2021 at Dartmouth. Um, there he helped with offensive tackles and tight ends. And I think that he's going to be incredibly instrumental, um, especially, like I mentioned, with some of the other quality control guys and, and the grad assistants. He's going to be a, a paid quality control guy, but he's going to be very instrumental in scouting. When I actually reading his offer letter, I would, I would assume he's going to be um, scouting opponent um, buck ends, defensive ends, and outside linebackers um, in helping develop a scheme from a week-to-week -week basis and preparing for opponents. Fun fact, I actually met him uh, this past year when Dartmouth went to play at Penn. I went to, to see that game in Philadelphia. I wanted to see Connor Davis, uh, the son of Judd Davis, who I'm actually friends with. Um, and he's super nice guy, super knowledgeable about the game. Love the idea of bringing him in. Love the idea of bringing a former Gator back to the Swamp. I'm surprised you didn't mention that he was actually a member of the 1996 National Championship team for the Florida Gators and a grad assistant from 2002 to 2004. If you saw Shannon Snell tweet out, yes, like, or I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was very, very excited to see Justin Blackshear coming back. If you remember seeing Shannon, Shannon Snell's tweet about him and being excited, that's why. He was an assistant on the teams that he played for from 02 to 04. Like I said, on the defensive line, um, with the hire of Kareem Reed, the more brain power we have in the trenches, the better it is. Savannah Bailey is the new Senior Director of Player Relations. And I love these last two words. <laughs> senior Director of Player Relations and Gator Maid. So while the whole Gator Maid initiative hasn't been officially announced we all know from following twitter unless y'all lived under a rock the gator maid is the hashtag that goes out anytime a former player is is highlighted uh, we especially have seen this over the last few weeks with the nfl um i mean think about evan mcpherson gator maid this gal is going to be incredibly instrumental with the professional development of the student athletes at the University of Florida. And this is incredibly critical, especially as a recruiting tool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you definitely do a lot to help your recruiting tools when you add someone from Clemson from the last five years. So yeah, I mean, she's, she's going to be, according to the press release from UF, um, or at least at Clemson, her, her role saw her develop football scholar athletes through daily mentoring, civic engagement, service learning and life skills acquisition, which from that kind of sounds a little bit like what our guy Casey did at Georgia tech for a long time. Um, and, and now she's got that very similar role at the university of Florida, obviously all for that. Um, couple more to get to Ty Darlington quality control of tight ends. Dustin, what do you think? So Darlington is somebody that I'm very familiar with. Um, real quick story, because I know this is Vine Talk. My senior year, we lost to him in the uh, the first round of the playoffs for the, the state championship. Um, he, he was uh, 
I forgot if he was the quarterback or the running back, but we lost to him. And it's amazing that he went through the college ranks, became an assistant. Uh, he, he was part of Oklahoma from 2017 to 2021. And now he comes over here from Oklahoma. And I think it's awesome. I think his experience at Oklahoma, uh, the fact that he, um, I forgot to mention that, that he won the state championship with, with a popka. Damn. That's awesome. Small world. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, he's got, he's got the, the obligatory stops at, at the powerful, um, offensive schools like Oklahoma. Um, I think he was the interim QB coach in that Alamo bowl against Oregon. As you mentioned, the native of Apopka, that's really cool. Um, he had a, According to UF's press release, had a decorated senior year, being named the Werfel and Campbell Trophy winner while earning honorable mention All-American by Sports Illustrated, All-Big 12 first team by leagues, coaches, and Phil Steele, AP All-Big 12 second team uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. That's a pretty big deal. And now we've got him as a quality control guy for the tight ends. Oklahoma fans were not happy at all about losing him, to which I'll say, 24-14, y'all should be used to losing to Florida when it actually matters. So, um, yeah, very nice pickup for Florida. Got a couple of more guys to get to, and then we'll get on to the recruits. We got um, committed slash on our board heading into NSD. Corey Bell, quality control for running backs. I'll just say one thing. Corey Bell uh, used to be a defensive back coach at the University of Florida. Um, went on to a different school and came back as a quality control for running backs. Wow. The fact that this guy would literally come to the University of Florida, take a demotion, and, and help with a completely different position says all I need to know about his hunger to be part of the Gators again. I don't think it's a demotion as much as it is just a new endeavor for him. But, yeah, I mean, he was a part of the Gator staff um prior to the 2021 season he was with central florida from 18 to 20 before that he was also with florida um, in McIlwain's last year so he's very familiar with the gators very familiar with the state certainly that can help on the recruiting trail definitely excited to see him remain with the gators uh, joshua thompson the University of Florida pulls him away from auburn as the director of football operations Joshua, 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 Joshua Thompson, as you mentioned, comes over from Auburn as their director of football operations. And there's a tweet that he put out that I'm fairly certain that you have canned and ready to go for just this segment. But what he said in that tweet was music to my ears. Neil? You know what? I'm not going to read it verbatim. I'm going to let this be an exercise for our listeners to go find it and see it for themselves because I don't want to spoil it. I want everyone to go to Josh Thompson's Twitter. It is at J Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-F-B, J Thompson, F-B. Go to his Twitter and look for it. You'll see for yourself and, and you'll know exactly when you find it. Okay, I'll, give and, you, I'll, I'll at least give you all a hint. It has to do with the, the subject matter of this episode. Well, of course it does. That's what he's supposed to be doing, Dustin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's just say we're talking recruiting. 
five-star pull for Florida. Five-star yes, pull away from Auburn for the Florida Gators. A um, couple more. James Thomas Jr., quality control for corners. Dustin, your thoughts on Mr. Thomas? So Thomas actually comes over from Maryland, and you know something funny that I, that I thought is I think this is a – an incredible trade for Copeland, Copeland you know, yep, sent over Copeland who, who, uh, appeared, you know, I don't have a ton of inside information with his situation, but he teamed, he seemed to be a little, a little bit toxic as he left Florida. Um, and the fact that we got somebody from Maryland, I, I, I consider it a good, a good trade. Um, I think he's going to help. <laughs> I think he's going to help in a big way working with, uh, Corey Raymond. Yeah, it's a pretty good trade. I would say it's more I, – I would say it's a good trade to give Maryland um, a win on the basketball floor with mid-major Mike, just mid-major Mike in his way, probably out the door before too much longer. Um, plus Copeland for a guy that Florida could really, really use shoring up the back end of the defense, which really has not lived up with the DBU name the last few years. Jason Marshall as a freshman was fine. Kyrie Elam is going to be a first or second round pick. Aside from those two guys and maybe like some plays here or there from Rashad Torrance, the secondary needs a lot of help. So whatever we can do to help that secondary, I'm all for. Lamar Story, quality control for personnel. A very vague title there. Um, but I think we have an idea of what he's going to be doing. So, Dustin, what do we think? Like I mentioned with quite a few of these other guys, um, he has quite the pedigree. I mean, he, he spent the 2021 season um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, Jaguars were pretty crappy, um, but he did get NFL experience. And um, adding on to his pedigree, he is the first cousin, cousin of Champ Kelly, um, who is currently serving as the director of player personnel for the Chicago Bears so that's certainly a contact that he has. Um, I think he's going to do an excellent job, um, like I say with many of these guys, at uh, helping out with personnel and figuring out uh, the answer to this very important question. Do we have the right guys in the right spots, playing the right positions, doing the right thing? Yeah, you mentioned the Jaguars. I think that's the the real experience of note that's going to come to mind when we're talking about qualifications. How about the fact that he is a veteran of the United States Army? He served as a logistics specialist for the U.S. Army from 2015 to 2018. He was awarded the Army Achievement Medal in 2017 and the Army Commendation Medal in 2018. I, I love that. Right right there. Yes, he was with the Jaguars for a year, but the, the fact that he's a U.S. veteran and we're bringing him in to help the program, by the way, not just be, yeah, you know, the token military guy, you know, to show, yeah, we, we support our troops. No, he actually did something productive for the Jaguars. He just happens to come from the Army. I love that. And I could not be happier with pulling him into the fray as well. Two more, and then it's on to the recruits. Mike Richard, quality control, offensive line. Yeah, Mike, he comes from Louisiana, was there for quite a while in a similar position with quality control and working with the offensive line. And I think he's, he's going to be instrumental in, in scouting opponent defensive lines. And, and again, uh, like I said, for several of these hires, that trust factor, Napier and Rob Sale, which we'll 
discuss in greater detail in a later pod, have a strong relationship with this guy, and I think it's going to pay dividends uh, with his role moving forward. I'll keep my analysis of him real quick. Like I said with previous guys, I'll say it again. The more brain power we have working with the Gators in the trenches on both sides of the ball, the better. The fact that he was at Louisiana for eight years and four, obviously, with Napier helped for continuity. But the more people we bring in to work on the lines of scrimmage, the better off we are. Last one. We have someone returning to the swamp named Chase Clark, the assistant director of college personnel slash on-camping recruiting coordinator. Yeah, Chase Clark is uh, is another holdover, um, clearly for any of the holdovers that, that Napier um, has kept. I think it has, it has a lot to do with continuity and logistics. Um, he's working very closely with, with Bree Wade and Katie Turner, which uh, we've already expressed how much we're we're happy about those two um, being a part of the recruiting side of things. And and uh, Chase Clark is no different. Um, the, the three of them uh, are doing a phenomenal job, as we see with these uh, these visit weekends, these official visit weekends. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing all the top five recruiting classes, knock on wood, that we're going to be having over the next few years. Yeah, I think it's good to have some continuity. I don't know that recruiting is the place you want to have continuity, given how awful Florida was at that under Dan Mullen. But then again, he was under Nick Saban at Alabama from 2012 to 2016. His dad was a former kicker for the Gators in the late 70s and 80s. Uh, this, this was a guy that Florida had to bring back. I think he knows a lot about the university uh, in, in ways that can help Napier on the trail. So definitely something that Florida should have done in bringing him back. They did. All right. Next up, we've got four commits to talk about since our last show. None of them are especially gigantic splashes. Um, none of them are especially highly sought after. It's not like these are the caliber of recruits that are expected to be day one starters and then be taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft when it's their time to go, but they are Florida Gators. They committed to the Florida Gators. They deserve a few moments of our attention on this show. So we're going to talk about them one by one. First, we got a guy in the trenches. We talked about how important it is to add brain power in the trenches. Well, how about some brawn power in the trenches? You got to get some brain and some brawn in the trenches. And we got some in Andrew Savinea from all the way on the other corner of the country in Washington State. Dustin, um, we'll, you know what? We'll, we'll keep the Vine talk going. We'll keep our analysis of him to 10 seconds, although we've kind of been doing 30. So let's, uh, let, let's keep it to 30 seconds or less on each of these guys. But starting with Andrew, this is a guy that, and you know, you went first on all the coaches, so I'll go first with my analysis on him. Um, the the physical traits are good. He's 6'3", 273 from um, Graham, Washington. Doesn't have a ton of big-time offers. He does have some um, P5 offers. He's got, I think, Kentucky, California, Nebraska, Virginia. I think he's got one from Washington State. He's got one from Oregon. Um, de definitely a depth addition for the Gators. I don't 
think that the, that the tape is fantastic. It's, it's certainly good. He looks like an above average player against the competition he's going up against. The thing is when you're going up against kids from the state of Washington, probably not going up against elite talent all the time. So again, I don't hate it. It's a take on, on the defensive line where you can't have enough guys. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't think it's going to be someone that Florida sees playing a ton, but nonetheless, not a bad take for depth purposes. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, Neil, you're spot on. He's certainly a depth piece. Um, I like his size at six, four, 273 pounds. Um, and even at that, I mean, he, he he's not at, at two seventy three. He's not a chubby two seventy three. He's he's fairly lean at two seventy three. I I think he's an underrated player. I mean, if if you watch his tape, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a five star or, or you know a top three hundred necessarily, but he's definitely higher than he's been than he's been scouted. And I think he's going to be, I think he's going to surprise some people um, as he as he comes onto campus and. Uh, and, and works in um, as a depth piece and, and develops. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And, and remember, Florida's had some three-star defensive linemen that have done very, very well in the last half decade. We don't have to look too far back. I mean, to see guys like uh, like Jabari Zuniga and Ja'Kai Polite, I believe they were both three-stars. Yep, they both were. So there's uh, my memory works sometimes uh, in ways that I don't even understand. And then it'll just fall apart. But yeah, so Florida's had some luck with some three stars turning into ballers in polite and Zuniga. So cannot hate the take by any means. Next up, we've got Miguel Mitchell, who is technically listed as an athlete, pretty confident. He's going to be a defensive back and most likely a safety at that. Uh, He's got the three-star ranking. He's got some pretty good offers for a three-star. Don't be, totally swayed by that he's got offers from usc from oregon from lsu from west virginia from tennessee uh he's got northwestern in there and he's got an offer from big bad jacksonville state i mean we can't hate on them those guys did something pretty incredible so i mean he he's got an offer list of about a three slash four star fringe guy um the, the tape is good i do have questions again about the competition he's going up. He is in Alabama, which is certainly a better state for high school talent than, uh, than, than Washington state is, but he looks good. I mean, he looks athletic enough. He looks fast enough. The ball skills look fine. They don't jump off the page at me, which I mean, when you're a three-star, when you're playing high school ball, not in Florida or Texas or California or even Georgia or even North Carolina for that matter. They kind of have to, but you know what? Like we said with uh, Mr. Savinea, sometimes three stars pan out. So I definitely don't hate the take from a depth standpoint. For a transition class, I think he's a great take. Um, I like that. He, that uh, I like his size, 6'3", 200 pounds. Um, he's prototypical for, for what Napier and, and ultimately, Patrick Tony and, and his defense want at the safety position. Um, again, we speak about depth. He's going to be a, a, a great depth piece. And, you know, he potentially in, in three to four years, he may, he may likely be in a rotation and vying for that starting spot. Um, even amongst probably more high-rated guys as, as Napier ramps up the, uh, the recruiting culture at Florida and Obviously, we got Kamari Wilson in the fold in this class as well. So 
the competition's going to be good. And I, I know for a fact the staff likes them, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust their judgment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not in a position to do anything other than trust their judgment after what they've done the last couple of months, first couple of months on the job. Next up, we have Hayden Hansen, who is a tight end take for the Florida Gators that got in late. Um, he's from Texas, so we know the competition's good. The tape doesn't really pop out to you. But then again, Florida kind of needs to have a blocking tight end, and, and really that's that's exactly what he is. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be a Kyle Pitts. He's not even going to be a Kamori Gamble. I mean, he's he's going to be a blocking tight end. That's, that's exactly what he is. He's a blocking first tight end who will go out and catch some passes here and there. Yes, he will be a piece of the Gators offense beyond simply blocking, but – I would imagine that primarily his role in the offense will be blocking for the running game and occasionally going out for passes and and making some small contributions there. But again, late in the cycle, Napier didn't have a full 12 months to go and do what he wanted to do on the recruiting trail for that short time span that he had. I think this is as good of a take as Florida is going to get at tight end. Yeah, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to discuss some scheme. So Napier likes to run 22 personnel, and he, he likes to do it out of the shotgun or what we know to be the, uh, the pistol, um, where you have one running back behind the quarterback, one running back next to the quarterback, two tight ends, one wide receiver, and one of the tight ends is exclusively the blocking tight end, or um, you may even be able to put him in as an H-back, which is essentially a tight end who's off the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. Um, and I think he's going to be – an incredible part. He's obviously what we would call a project. Um, but at with his prototypical size at 6'6, 250, um, I think that as he gets developed by Piegler and the uh, the offensive staff, I think he's going to be a big help to this team. If any, I know it's not the same position, but if anybody remembers uh, a Billy Latsko from the 2006 season, this guy. Yes. Much bigger than Billy, but yes. I think he's going to have a very similar role. Well, Latsko was a, was a, was a true fullback. I guess he was the, I guess part of the last generation where they actually used a fullback as anything other than a gimmick. Uh, I don't, I don't quite see him as a Latsko because I think he's going to be more of a, of a pass catcher than Latsko was. Latsko is more of like a, I guess 20% running back. 80% an extra blocker that lined up as a running back. Um, and as well, that, I mean, that's what a fullback is. So he was, he was a true fullback. This guy is more of just a prototypical blocking tight end. I think in 22 person, although we're going to see uh, Napier get a little bit more creative with him than we saw urban get with let go. And I think that's really simply because I mean, urban had Percy Harvin uh, and he had Andre Caldwell and he had Tim Tebow as the ultimate Swiss army knife. So he didn't really need to use Latsko as much, but I think we're going to see Hayden Hansen get used a little bit more in the offense than Latsko did, but I love the comparison. I definitely see the resemblance there. And I like the take for Florida next. And the last recruit that we have gotten since our last show, Dustin, we got us a QB. Uh, it, now it's not, you know, the five star. It's not the guy with offers from Alabama and Texas and Oklahoma and Oregon and all those. But this is a guy in Max Brown who can run. That's something that I think college football is just going to a place where that's becoming a necessity as opposed to, 
you know, just, oh, cool, you can do it. It's not just something you have for a community. It's becoming a job requirement for the QB position now in college football, unless you're, I mean, unless you can throw like Tom Brady, but you know, who can? So Max Brown coming from Lincoln Christian in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He does have a stray offer from the Washington Huskies aside from them. Not really a ton of interest in him aside from Jim McElwain, who, as we will all remember, was the guy that went west to Manville, Texas and plucked Kyle Trask out of the great state of Texas when no one else aside from McNeese State even offered him. So Dustin, it worked once with uh, with trusting Jim McElwain's judgment with a QB. And again, Max Brown is very, very different. He's not the Kyle Trask type of quarterback. He is a mobile guy. He can run. He does look pretty awesome on his game tape. Of course, that game tape comes against, uh, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Will Miles of Read and Reaction who put out an article that said, yeah, the state of Oklahoma has the 23rd best talent. And he he cited something. I, I wish I thought of pulling it up before starting this pod, but yeah, I mean, the state of Oklahoma does not exactly produce elite talent. I mean, the Sooners and the Cowboys get most of their talent from Louisiana and Texas. So he's not exactly going up against guys who are going to play for Alabama and Clemson and Auburn and Georgia and Ohio State and whatnot. But he still does look pretty good. I imagine that a lot of the things he's able to do on that highlight tape, like throw back across his field, you know, back across the field, across his body to an open receiver, isn't going to be able to happen like that won't be possible in the sec because i mean sec defense is going to eat that alive and pick that off uh and he won't be able to school guys out of his shoes left and right because you know the caliber of athlete is going to be a lot better but he does look good he is a project i definitely like the upside i think in 2024 or 25 or so uh he won't be the starter but i think he could be a serviceable backup and by then if he is thrust into action. I think he actually could do very well. So don't sleep on him too hard. That's, uh, I guess that that's the nice way of calling him a project, which I already also did. Uh, Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, Neil, there's two sides to the coin, which is Max Brown. As I've said many times throughout the different podcasts, I played quarterback in high school. I enjoy the position. I enjoy studying the position. And Max Brown, he has exceptional high school stats. There's better uh, rated quarterbacks that don't have the stats that he does. And in his senior season, um, which is sometimes overlooked in terms of uh, high school recruiting, a lot of times you you, you basically have a judgment on a player by their junior season for much of the higher-ranked players. Um, He had 41 touchdowns, only four interceptions. For a high school quarterback only to have four interceptions, that's amazing. 71% completion percentage, throwing 11.7 yards per attempt his senior year. Those stats right there are phenomenal. Not only can he run the ball um, as a dual threat, but he, he can throw the ball. He's pretty accurate, and accuracy is critical. Now, I say that with a grain of salt because the other side of the coin is he is kind of fitting that that uh, Carlos Del Rio, Jalen Kitna, and Kyle Trask. When Trask was recruited, 
Um, he's fitting that role. The reason why I say it like that is, yes, Kyle Trask was recruited to the University of Florida to be a project, a career backup. But Kyle Trask recruited his behind off. Kyle Trask prepared as a starter. And when his time came, he balled like nobody else in the team. And now Trask is in the NFL. We all know what he did. That's it. I'm excited about Max Brown. If you're going to pick up a three-star, um, if you're going to pick up a project, I think this is the right guy. And I like his film. He's not <laughs> He's not. Uh, he's not like some of the five-stars, um, but he's, he's pretty good. So I'm excited, and I think, I think it speaks a lot uh, to me about the type of guy that Billy Napier is looking for in a quarterback. To that being said, Billy Napier will be the head quarterbacks coach um, alongside O'Hara, who will be quality control quarterbacks and will also serve as a, uh, uh, a, a help for the quarterbacks during practices. So, yeah, let's – well, I mean, Florida Neil. wasn't going to get a better quarterback than him this late in the cycle. I mean, they weren't going to go take Walker Howard away from LSU with you know basically sight unseen. That wasn't going to happen. So I think this late in the cycle with him being – with Napier being this late in the game, through no fault of his own, uh, this is as good of a, of a pickup as we're going to get. Got to sign a QB in every class. Um I mean that that mantra is something I think that has a little wiggle room now in the way in the in the era of the transfer portal. But uh, I mean, Florida got their QB, so they needed one in the class. They got one, and now we're off to talk about the guys that have not committed. And this is the big part of the show. Dustin is National Signing Day, just about a week away, a little bit less when you guys hear this. Um, National Signing Day is a phenomenon that's kind of been done away with in college football due to the early signing period. But you know what? Because we have a coach who came in in uh, around Thanksgiving, early December, didn't really get a full recruiting class or didn't really get a full cycle to pull in a full recruiting class. It just has to pick up the scraps that are left over. Florida's got a lot of guys still out there, a lot of quality players still out there that are still very much considering Florida. So this does kind of feel like the old days where the first Wednesday of February was a, indeed a big deal for the Florida Gators. And let's start with Arliss Boardingham, who is technically qualified as an athlete. Um, he is being recruited by William Piegler, so I imagine he's going to be looked at it in some kind of pass catching role. He was an athlete. He was a, sorry, he was a receiver in high school. Maybe he makes that shift to tight end, but anyway, Florida and Oregon. Uh, this is definitely a weird battle in that both of his two finalists didn't really get in the game for him until very late after they got their new coaches in place. Uh, in fact, neither Florida nor Oregon even offered him until after new year's day, uh, which is, about as clear and obvious of a sign as you're going to get that he was a last ditch filler option for both sides, new staffs. Anyway, um, I think he likes Florida. I think he really seems to like William Piegler. It's unfortunate that we're, we're recording this right before his visit to Oregon. He did say if his decision is clear after that visit, he'd announce immediately after. And not, if not, he would wait until national signing day and, and think about it between now and then without that information in hand, 
I could, because I mean, none of us are as familiar with the recruiting visits that Oregon puts on as we are with the ones that Florida puts on. And we saw, you know, we, you know, we see all the athletes posing for pictures with Katie Turner. We see, you know, Billy Napier dancing with them. We see chief borders going on IG lives with them. So without that piece of information in hand, without the Oregon visit having been, uh, having been become canon, I will say 55-45 odds in favor of Florida, but that is obviously subject to change. Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I'm excited about Boardingham. I think he's I think he's gonna do so he has the uh the right measurables to, to be a, a good uh, pass catcher. Um I think if you watch this film, he's not the fastest at his position, but I do see him as a tactician and he's a guy that is going to, he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to work hard. Peegler is going to develop him. And at the end of the day, I know that Oregon's going to give him a push. Um, he's a West coast guy, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a Gator and I give Florida about a 70% chance to get him. So let's see if we can notice a theme here because Dustin's typically the more optimistic and positive of the two of us. I might get there, by the way. Uh, I mean, that was just how I operated under Dan Mullen because I knew how he I knew how he operated on recruiting visits. Napier might change me, but uh, anyway, we'll see. Next up, Travante Citizen, the running back. Florida's making a late push for him. Dustin, uh, I think it's far too little too late. Um, plus Florida's backfield is already pretty loaded with uh, Naquan Wright coming back. And now a couple of former five stars in Lorenzo Lingard and Marcus Bowman back there. I think he's headed to LSU. Um, and I'll say probably 75, 25 odds with that. Yeah. Um, he, it, some recruiting services have him as a top 100 guy, but he's a guy that I would certainly love to be in the fold. Um, I tend to like him a little more than than Etienne, to be honest. Um, I really would love him to be a Gator. Uh, he's got speed. He's very agile. I know it's high school football, but he he's a man a man amongst boys on his highlight tape. Um, I I I would tend to agree with you. Uh, I give floor. I think it's a fifty five percent, forty five percent. Um, but Today could have changed everything. So we're, we're recording this podcast Wednesday night. Um, this will go out in a few days. He visited the University of Florida today. And when you get a guy like that on campus, you get Katie Turner, Billy Napier, the, pushing out the whole nine yards, the whole enchilada, all the above. Um it's going to be right down to the wire, but if I had to put in a crystal ball today as uh, the 247 Sports um, crew likes to call it, I would have to give it to LSU for this guy. we got to get you to stop pronouncing the name of that school with a shh sound. It's LSU. Every time you pronounce it the way you like to pronounce it, I get PTSD from Marco Wilson being an idiot. Oh, man. LSU, Dustin. LSU. There we go. That's it. That's how you pronounce that school's name. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, speech therapy from Neil Schulman. 
<laughs> I think you also just got PTSD for, of Marco Wilson being an idiot from whatever saying that. Old, old staff, old coach. We're in yeah, a new era now, all, so whatever. It's all under the bridge now. Um, that was uh, that. That's going to be quite a story to tell our kids one day. Necessary hey, we evil. Lost this game. We lost this one game because some dumbass threw a shoe. Speaking of story, we have a guy with that as his name, Caden Story, a defensive lineman that Florida happens to get the last visit for him, um, which is huge. I, I think this happens to be a case of Story just wanting to have fun and use up all his visits. I think he's a Clemson Tiger, but it does give Florida a chance, as, as Dustin and I are talking about. The, the Florida visits now have a power that they never used to have. Uh, with, with Chief Borders, you know, when, when, he, when he pulls you aside and says, hey, get over here, I'm doing an IG Live, that's got some pull power. I mean, going and uh, what was it that I think Katie Turner did like pop a shot with, with Shamar James. That's got some power. I mean, these guys and gals, you know, not to discriminate these men and women at the university of Florida know what they're doing. So I think that the Florida visit will bolster the odds. The fact that I'm speaking before that visit makes me say probably 85 to 15 for Clemson. I think the Florida visit will bump that up to about 60, 40. Um, but as, as of recording, this is uh, like 10 45 Wednesday night. I will say that he is 85% Clemson. What do you think, Dustin? Yeah, Neil. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, he's, he's a four star um, top 300 defensive lineman. I do like McClellan um, as kind of the headliner at defensive lineman for this class. And I think that that kind of – that may be a roadblock to, to him kind of getting playing time at the same position. Um, and I think when you're a, when you're a high four-star guy, I think, I think you want to go to a place where you can, you can vie for that immediate playing time. Um, yeah, I mean, I reserve the right to be able to change my opinion um, or my analysis when we get closer. I know on the recruiting handle, we're going to put out quite a bit of content um, in the in the uh, wee hours of the night, um, Tuesday going into the Wednesday signing day. Um, we're a little under a week out from um, all these decisions being final. Um, but if I had to, if you had to strap me to a chair and, and, and get my uh, – my thoughts right now, I'm going to say that he's going to be a Clemson Tiger. Um, I would say 60% Clemson, 40% Florida. I only bump up from what you said um, to 40 because I do think that that, uh, that Katie Turner, uh, Bree Wade, and the entire operation, as Napier likes to call it, uh, will play a massive role in pushing him. But I think, I think it's going to be Clemson for him. Yeah, Clemson has made too strong of a push with him late. I think Florida's going to get in on him in the last minute, but sometimes the last visit doesn't matter because he's already been sold to another school. I think that's what happens here. I think I think it goes from like 85-15 Clemson to about 60-40 Clemson, but I think it's ultimately going to be too late. Um, DJ Allen, wide receiver, another one that Florida is going to get the last visit for this upcoming weekend. If those of you guys don't listen to this until Monday or Tuesday, it will be this past weekend. 
Uh, Florida gets the last visit. He's from Texas. I think he really likes TCU. Basically copy and paste what I just said about story in for Allen, except swap TCU for Clemson. Got to see how the visit goes. I think he's pretty solid with TCU, but again, do not at, by any means underestimate what Bree Wade, Katie Turner, and Chief Borders can do with a camera and a pop a shot. So TBD, right now I'll say about 75-25 TCU. I think the visit will bump that closer to a coin flip, maybe 60-40, but I, I still think Texas Christian will be the one that gets him. Neil, I think he's a gator. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think he pulls the trigger for Florida. I know what you say about TCU, but TCU is not an SEC school. TCU is not the University of Florida. TCU is it's a completely different caliber. Now, maybe a Baylor in, in that in that uh in that um conference, Oklahoma, Texas even, maybe. TCU in Florida, it's a no contest. DJ Allen is going to receive a full court press. I would argue that he is the most important recruit that is going to be on campus this weekend. He's going to get all the attention. A few weeks ago, we saw that Harold Perkins, a guy we'll talk about in a few minutes, was at the table with Billy Napier. DJ Allen is going to be at the table with Billy Napier and Steve Spurrier and Kerry Colbert He's going to receive that full court press, and it'll pay dividends. I think he's going to be a Gator. It's going to be by the hair, as the as the old nursery rhyme goes, the hair of his chinny chin chin. He's going to be a Gator. I'm going to put it at fifty five percent to forty five percent, but I think he's going to be a Gator. So I would agree with you if he didn't have the history with TCU. He liked the last staff with Gary Patterson. Of course, that kind of imploded on them. But I think he's going to be their version of Jacob Copeland, where he was, and he, you know, he's even a wide receiver. He's from the state of this, in this case being Texas. Copeland was from Florida. He's from the state that he was committed to the school of, a TCU. He's from Gladewater, Texas. Um, he he liked the previous staff. He liked the school when the previous staff was doing their job of selling him, he then decommitted because the school kind of fell into chaos. But I think he's got too much rapport with too many people there. I think he likes the new staff there. Hard to really know, but I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay home. I think he's going to go to TCU. But again, I reserve the right to change my opinion on this after his visit to Florida. I mean, if, if he and chief borders are, are swapping tweets back and forth. If he appears on a long IG live where he's doing the gator chop and he just seems in awe at the place and he's, you know, laughing and, and chopping it up with 14, 15, 16 different gators, I may change my mind on this. But, um, you know, without having that piece of information at hand, I'm saying with the home state TCU horned frogs. All right. Next, we've got Caleb Douglas, another pass catcher. LSU gets the last visit for Caleb Douglas. Um, I think he likes Kerry Colbert a little bit more, and I think he likes Florida a little bit more. And I'm going to take the leap of faith here, and I'm going to say he chooses Florida. How do you like that, Dustin? I like I picked it. a guy to commit to Florida. You know what's fantastic? You're actually a little more optimistic than I am. I'm giving LSU the edge in this one. 
And uh, I, I mean, honestly, I think it's going to be a coin flip between DJ Allen and Caleb Douglas. I don't think we get both. I think we get one of them. And I think we get Allen. I don't think we get Douglas. Now it's a 45% chance he goes to Florida still. Um, yeah, uh, but I got to give LSU the edge on him. Um, I've heard some late LSU buzz. LSU. LSU. There we go. There we go. That's Louisiana better. State University. Louisiana State. How about that? Um, but yeah, um, I like him. He's prototypical size for what Napier wants in a receiver. Um, he's got some. Uh, he's got a build to fill. Um, at six three, hundred and five pounds, or hundred eighty five pounds, I should say. <laughs> hundred five pounds. pounds. Got to eat. Like twelve years old. <laughs> Yeah, 185 pounds. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, we'll split on there, and hopefully he 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 joins the good guys. Yeah, I think you ultimately are right that Florida will get one of DJ Allen or Caleb Douglas. I just think it's going to be Douglas. Um, three more. We got a Marion Winston, who is a linebacker from the other corner of America, out of Portland, Oregon. You know what? I've gone first on all of them. Dustin, what do you think? I'll let you go first. Um, I like him. His, his tape looks good. Uh, he's, you know, I, I might just be my, my, my bias kicking in, my trust in the, uh, the Napier um, talent evaluation. But I think he's underrated. I do think he ends up at Oregon. I'm, I'm giving him a uh, – 40% chance to to make the make the decision for Florida but I think at the end of the day um he's going to stay home and he's going to end up at Oregon but it's going to be close yeah I think it'll be close I think that Oregon getting the last visit to sort of reaffirm all of the all the buzz that 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 he's been feeling towards them uh is going to pay off dividends for them I think he's got a bunch of crystal balls there I think he's got a lot of a lot of friends there too. Um, I think maybe Washington makes a late late push for him, but uh, either way, I think it's between Washington and Oregon. I don't think Florida really has a say uh, in his commitment. And now we get down to the two that everyone has been talking about. We'll start with the guy from Punkatula in safety. Jacoby Matthews. I think he genuinely does like Florida. I just think he likes LSU more. And the the sad part about this is, unfortunately, I think Corey Raymond did a little too good of a job of selling him on LSU while he was there. And now he's recruiting him at Florida. And now it's too late because he's done too good of a job making him love LSU while he was there that now he cannot possibly overcome the damage that he did there so i think this is close his relationship with raymond means a lot but lsu does get the last visit they'll have the last chance to get in his ear i think that puts them over the top for him i'll say it's close i'll say 60 40 lsu deal i'm gonna have to disagree with you i think jacoby matthews is a gator i think he's gonna be a gator i think he's he's gonna commit to the good guys He's going to sign with the good guys. 
and I think he's going to be yet another, not consensus, but he's going to be yet another five-star that is going to be added to the Billy Napier train in this transition class. You see what happens to highly rated kids when they commit to Florida, right? I mean, you see what happened with Kamari Wilson. Yeah. He's not going to be a five-star. Forget it. Yeah, well, not not consensus at least. Um, But, yeah, I give him about a 60 – 65% 65% chance of being a Gator. Um, I know I know you have PTSD from from previous uh, recruiting situations and why you have every reason to feel how you feel. I think Corey Raymond does help Florida, and I think at the end of the day he's going to be a Gator, and I'll, and I'll leave it at that. I think, no, dude, I think it helps Florida too. I just think that he did too good of a job at selling him on LSU. Now he's got to do all this damage control about, yeah, that, that stuff I was telling you about why you should come to LSU, all that stuff about LSU being DBU, I was lying. Come come here to Florida. Like he's got all that work to do in too short of a span of time. I think LSU is not DBU. Yes, I know that. Corey Raymond is DBU. Corey Raymond that, is at Florida. He, Florida is DBU. Look – I, I think if, if Corey Raymond had not been his recruiter at LSU, I think if he had left LSU a year before and had been recruiting on behalf of Florida with Jacoby Matthews, I think he would be a Gator. I think Matthews would be a Gator. Um, I, again, I think this is the case of him genuinely loving both schools. I just think that he's got too much rapport built up with LSU, and I think he'll ultimately stay there. But – uh, you never know. I mean, LSU does have the last visit with him. That that is huge for them. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. And last but not least, the biggest one of all, I think everyone would agree on that. Um, the five star linebacker. Although once he, if if he does commit to Florida, he'll probably be a four star because that's just how the ranking systems seem to work. But for now, five star linebacker Harold Perkins, once upon a time committed to Texas A and M decided, nah, I don't think so, backed off that commitment, and now he's back on the market. And, Dustin, here's where I'm going to take the leap of faith. Typically, I say this knowing that there are always exceptions, and this guy just might be one of them, but typically you do not decommit from a school this late in the cycle without another school in mind even if you don't announce a flip to that school right then and there, you don't back off a commitment. You don't pull back from a school you're committed to without having another school dead in your sights. Florida has been after him with ferocity towards the end of this cycle. I think you, I think you love Florida. I think he's going to be a Gator. I, I think he really vibes with Napier. I think he really vibes with the Florida players. Maybe LSU has something to say about this and maybe Texas A&M makes a last-ditch push and grabs him back. We have seen crazier things happen. This is recruiting after all, but I'm going to take that leap of faith, Dustin, and I'm going to say he's a Florida Gator. So I'll say I'll say 70% chance Florida, probably 20% Texas A&M, uh, 10% LSU, uh, 5% Texas, and – and I don't know, may, maybe five percent chance that Jackson State pulls another signing day stunner, like with, uh, like with Travis Hunter. So seventy percent for the Gators. What do you think? This guy is elite. While you may be able to make an argument for the other 
borderline four or five stars that they may be bumped down. This guy's not going to be bumped down. This guy, some recruiting services have him in the top five in the nation. Um, I mean, he, he is excellent. He is an excellent player. He's projected to be a first round um, draft pick when it's all said and done after, you know, three to three to four years, uh, more likely three. Um, he's going to be a Gator. I'm, I'm very confident he's going to be a Gator. Uh, I'll put it at 65%. I agree with you. I, I think when either he's, either he's a, a, a bigger troll than, um, the guy that Casey hates, I'll leave it at that. I want him to say his name. Um, or he's going to be a Gator. And I think, think the, I think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be a Gator. I'm excited. Um, we'll certainly have a lot more to talk about, uh, when, when, um, we do our, uh, our quote unquote post game analysis of the residual signing day. Um, but I'm excited. I'm really glad that, that we have a, a big time shot with a guy like Perkins. And I think it says a lot about this recruiting program that Napier's developing. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. I think if Florida gets Harold Perkins, all my PTSD from the Dan Mullen tenure in terms of recruiting is gone. It's it's all gone. Uh Devin Moore and Kamari Wilson had something to do with that. You you now make that three big time signees in one class that were committed to other power five schools. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a completely new feel moving forward, which, which it should be because it is a new staff. It is a new era. It is a new day, but there's, there's just some of that lingering doubt that comes uh, as a result of the previous staff having just not done their job too many times and ultimately costing them their job. So that's going to do it for us on this episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. We would definitely appreciate that. We will be back before too much longer to finish talking about the Gator staff that has been assembled under new head coach Billy Napier. If you include Napier himself, that army has now reached 50 different people. That's incredible. Uh, We will also, of course, talk about National Signing Day once it is in the rearview mirror. We'll talk about the guys that we talked about today, but in more final terms now that, you know, when we talk about them again, they will have picked their final destinations. Um, That's about all we've got for you today. Dustin, uh, we don't don't get your your signature Go Gators today. We haven't done anything, Um, but hey – you better believe that if we get Perkins, it's coming. Oh, that'll That's all be I gotta worth say. it. That'll, that'll be worth it. I'm <laughs> saying today, as of now, we haven't done anything to merit it. Um, yeah. And by the I way, mean, by the way, we 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 talked. I talked about this earlier, but before we get off, I had to mention this again. Um, shout out to the to the recruit Knicks, so to speak, the people with nothing better to do than ripping away Kamari Wilson's fifth star. Um, I, I'm sure you guys feel really good about yourselves because there's not a whole lot else that happens in your lives that makes you feel good about yourselves. But just know that Florida fans know that they got a baller. I don't care if you take away all his stars. Florida knows what they've gotten in him. 
And he's a guy that, regardless of how many stars sit beside his name on the recruiting trail, is a guy that I'm always going to think of as a five-star signee. Georgia wanted him enough to have him committed there. His tape is ridiculous. Other schools wanted him, by the way, just as badly as Georgia did. Alabama, Auburn, Clemson all wanted him just as badly. And when he went to to big-time camps, he performed. So, you know, you, you guys can have your fun. You guys can sit there uh, and, and just, you know, screw around with the rankings, probably with, you know, Cheeto residue on your hands, just making your entire keyboards look orange as you just hit the delete button while you're going through the stars um, in that little text block on whatever whatever, whatever back end uh, garbage you use to to monitor your sites. I don't know if you guys use WordPress or or Shopify or whatever, but uh, it, I hope <laughs> you guys feel good because you, you have not made Florida fans think any less of Kamari Wilson. And so if you guys don't feel good about what you did, then there is effectively nothing that was accomplished by that. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, Dustin, any last words before we call the show? Yeah, Neil. Um, not to, I'm not trying to get political with this, and please forgive the reference. Um, Always getting political because that's, that's what always happens when you say, I'm not going to get yeah. political, but go ahead. Billy Napier is making Florida football recruiting fun again. And we finally have a shot with some of the best players in the country. And wow, it's going to be a fun ride. Stay tuned to the, in all kinds of weather, um, recruiting handle that the deal. I know you're going to do a phenomenal job of giving coverage. There's going to be articles on the website. Um, I know we're, we're both going to be, uh, going back and forth, running the recruiting handle, and we're going to be bringing all the up-to-date information. Um, there's definitely going to be a ton of uh, eyes emoji and gator gator emoji uh, coming out over the next few days, and and we're all here for it because this is not something that we could really do uh, with the previous tenure, and we can finally do it. And thank you, Billy Napier, for bringing the likes of Katie Turner, Bree Wade, um, and company. And uh, I can't, I can't forget to um, to uh, shout out my my boy Ashore Piora. Probably still mispronouncing his name, but Ashore Piora. Ashore Piora. Ashore Piora. He's the uh, he's the um, the recruiting gangsta. That, that's. Uh, that's the 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 um the title that wasn't approved by by the PR uh team at Florida so that they did a more uh, the fancy title one. that was that Florida w- did not approve was bag dropper because that's what everyone's <laughs> calling it. Well, but we have him. And we have the NIL guy. And true. I I know for a fact that uh I can't say much, but I I do know that that um that my boy Perkins has has quite the hefty NIL deal. Um, coming alongside his uh, his Florida offer, and that NIL deal is very hefty and, and that's very legal. By the way, legal. by the way, everyone just so you know that's legal. That's all fair game now. Not breaking any laws with that. That's yeah, all kosher. as confirmed by by uh, you know I speak in Twitter terms, but my other my other boy um, Darren Heitner, he's definitely verified several times that this deal is indeed very very legal, very, very nice, big time, life-changing blessing to him and his family. Um, 
I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's a good place to leave it. Uh, go Gators, you guys. Uh, go we'll Gators. be back before too much longer talking about NSD in the rearview mirror.